We start with a vision. We start with a vision. This was uh, my message from two weeks ago. Uh, we got lost in worship and never got to it. So uh, when uh, Erica sent me a message, Erica works up in the in the booth, does our powerpoints and things, and she messaged me last night and she said, "Any any updates?" I said, "Well." Go with it the way it is, but yeah, there's, I mean, in just two weeks, there's already updates because, you know, the Lord always wants to add to our walk with him. He always wants to grow us a little bit more from where we were. And like just even in two weeks from when this message started, there's, I mean, just the, I don't know, there's already explosions in me in just two weeks. And uh, so, you know, no matter how long you've walked with Jesus, uh, he still wants to grow you. Uh, it, you know, we had an 85-year-old in, in, the, uh, in the open door class this morning uh, saying the Lord woke him up at 2 o'clock in the morning to give him revelation out of numbers. I'm like, oh, gosh. I mean, don't wake me up at 2 o'clock. I want to show me something in numbers because it's pretty complicated and not necessarily um, riveting in and of itself, but he gave him revelation and he shared this in class today. And I'm thinking, he never stops working. He never stops working. He's working on an 85-year-old who responded and said, okay, I'll get up and listen and I'll take notes and I'm going to share it in class today. And he never stops working. And he gave him things. He showed him things. Start with a vision. This passage is so familiar to us. Where there's no vision, people perish. And so, so you know, that's the, that's the crux of why vision is so important. It's why we start there. Because he's always wanting to show us things. He's wanting to show us things about himself. He's wanting to give us revelation of how to, how to do life with him. You know, serving him isn't a Sunday morning thing, it's an everyday thing. And so he's wanting to show us things throughout the course of our everyday lives. And when we don't have a vision, when we don't have a direction to go, people are dying. People are dying. And I've said it here before, I don't want any of us to, 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 to die without having some sense of purpose, some sense of belonging, some sense of that we're, 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 we're involved and committed to something that matters, that means something, that is relevant, that is life-altering. And, uh, and so he gives us these visions. He gives us things. He shows us things. And really this morning is, is sort of a, a, an overview of, of things that he's already done. And then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close it up with things that he's saying to us now. Um, and, and why it matters. So, so, you know, when you look at these symbols, anybody that's been around here for any length of time knows what these symbols are about. It was, uh, I became the pastor here in, in 2008. And, um, I was meeting with a couple of guys, uh, in the mornings, uh, on Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday morning. And I, I remember very clearly, uh, it was the beginning of January. It was January 2009. So I'd, only been the pastor a short amount of time, but I was meeting with some guys. And I, and I, now understand vision isn't always visual. Vision isn't always visual. There's lots of people around here who see things a lot. I mean, they see with their eyes things in the spirit. They, they'll say, I saw this or I saw that. I'm not necessarily one of those people. 
So a visual, a vision can be something that's a deposit that's made in you. It's a thought. It can be a, it can be, it can be you're reading the scripture and something jumps off the page to you in your heart. Maybe it's the words, but it might be some concept that jumps off your page. So vision isn't always visual. But anyway, I'm at this prayer meeting in January of 2009. And I, and for, for me, this was really important because I don't, I don't always see things, but I remember seeing roots. And I saw these roots just going down deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And it was in those moments that, um, you know, I, I knew that he had something for us. And so, uh, you know, he, and, and this passage of scripture is so, so relevant to the, to the visual. And as Paul, and he's praying for the church of Ephesus, and he says, I'm praying that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. And so the crux of this, that morning and then that next Sunday in church and, and ever since then, is this is, this is a, a, a an identifying word for us as a body, that that anybody that walks in the room, in this room or becomes part of us, that his desire is that we get rooted in him, that we get grounded in him, that we get, we, and, and the, and the foundation of that is his love. That, you know, there's lots of people that maybe, maybe, uh, uh, talk to him and, and pray, but they're not, they don't get grounded. They don't get grounded. They're not grounded that he, he loves me. He loves me. When I don't feel like I'm lovable. He loves me when I've messed up. He loves me when I failed him. He loves me. And to, to get us grounded and established in that. And so this became sort of a, a, uh, well, it became a symbol for who we are as a church. We're rooted and established in love. That's our tagline with, with this symbol. And the, the, the top two were kind of the, the first ones, the very first one I used, the one with the yellow, uh, in my message that Sunday. And then we created the second one. And then the one looks like a mushroom. That was, you know, the, the, the morning that I was gonna, that I was unveiling this, that weekend I had, um, and some of you know this story, but I had gone, I had gone to the mall and, uh, and I, for whatever reason, I walked through this certain section of, and it was probably what would be considered hip hop. I mean, like, I'm a, I'm a, like, I look like I'm a hip hop guy. But whatever reason, I was walking through this section and I saw this coat, and that's on the back of the coat. And uh, and I remember, I think it was like fifty bucks, and I was like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a cheapskate," so I was like, "I'm not buying that." So I went home, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me forget about it. He just kept showing, so I went had to go back to the mall, and I spent the money for this coat. And I remember pulling it out that morning and and, and telling the account. And, and that's just, again, it was just a way Holy Spirit was confirming. Start with a vision. He gave me a vision. He said, this word is for us. This word is for us. I'm in a section of a store that I, you know, normally wouldn't be in. And he shows me a coat. And then, uh, the, the bottom left one was, uh, you see that it's, it's out of the lobby. That's the round, the round, uh, uh, thing out in the lobby that Pastor Ben found at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> and bought for us and Tim Hupp added lights to it and then this past year we sort of took that and when we did our some of our projects around here Pastor Mark said I really think we need to put that on the church and so that's what's out there uh, under the portico and uh, so 
But, but there's a reason for it. It's, it's not just to say, hey, we got this cool symbol. No, it's a reminder of who we are. It's a reminder. It started with a vision. Started with a vision to remind us who we are, that we're established. We're not going anywhere. You know, when we, when Abundant Life first started, you know, they wondered, who, who is this? No, I wasn't here at the very beginning, but it wasn't too long after that that, that my wife and I started coming here. But, but uh, some of you, I mean, the Lindsays have been here, you know, pretty much forever. Pastor Mark's been here pretty much forever. I think they're probably the, the ones in the room that have been here the longest of anybody. But, uh, but people wondered, what is this? place what is this thing that's starting i think bambi was here early on uh with her family uh what is this but god had a plan i'm going to establish you in this community and you're going to love people and you're going to care for them pastor pauline used to say we're an icu we're caring for people who are who are hurting and we're going to help them to heal we're going to help them to get them restored so it started with vision vision that's core to the vision of who abundant life is and what we're about. So then, so then, uh, boy, uh, it wasn't immediately, but it, it, it took a couple of years. But uh, in 2012, uh, was uh, I had this I had this word, and it was called "be about it." And uh, it's interesting because I didn't I didn't ever set into this saying, "Okay, Lord's going to give us a word every year." And again, he didn't necessarily those first couple of years. And I have some thoughts about reasons for that. I, I, I won't go into that right now. Um, but I remember, I remember working on this lesson. And at the time, Tim Hupp used to work up in the booth. He was one of our guys that did the visuals. And he created this, that little card that says, be about it with the tree and the roots and had a, the core passage about Jesus saying, I must be about my father's business. And that was 2012. And I remember it was at the beginning of that year he did that. And there was something about uh, presenting that word and then having you all, many of you all saying, I've got to be about it. I've got to be about it. I've got to be about it. I've got to be about his business. And there was something about, and the Lord was showing me even then, boy, when you have vision, people, people grab onto it and it gives them direction. It gives them something to focus on. It gives them... And then from there, just words just have every year, there's been a word that has come. 2013, raise the standard. Raise the standard. There's, there's two, two ways to look at raise the standard. That was a, that was a, which is, that's really interesting thinking about it today because that's a, that's a, 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 a weapon of our warfare. You know, the whole passage of, of raising the standard in scripture was that, hey, we're taking a stand and we're worshiping and we're going to be bold about it and we're not holding back. But it's, it's also just in a practical sense saying, hey, we're, I'm raising a standard of how I live my life. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping up, I'm stepping up my commitment. And, uh, it was interesting because 2013 was, was the year Pastor Ben came on as we named him an associate pastor. So isn't that interesting that a year we're saying, hey, we're stepping up our game. We added to, we added to someone who's going to bring instruction to us. 2014, be still and know. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still. Be, 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 be assured that I'm with you. Be confident that I'm with you. And the thing about these words that I think is so important, uh, and, and I say it pretty much every year, just because the year has ended, the truth of the word remains. So these words, we kind of build on one another. Be built on one another. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you was, was 2015. Interestingly enough, it's the year that the Men of Valor class started. And I remember, I remember Scott Baldwin coming to me and saying, 
Scott Baldwin works as a counselor over in Lawrence County, and they have they have a he's had a Bible study uh, after work with with clients and whoever all uh, would come. But he said, I think it's really I don't know it's really been stirring in me that we need a study where we're really just talking about everyday life things, things that are in our culture, things that are in our in, that are that that. Uh, that, that, that we just need to start talking about. And we talked about things that churches have never talked about. We, we sort of just don't go there because they're, maybe they're controversial or maybe they're difficult or we don't, we don't know exactly, you know, how to answer some of the questions. But we began doing that. And it was, I, he, he, he'd said that I think whatever we call this class, it has to be something that, that, uh, that, uh, defines, that, that sort of looks like strength. And so we called the class Men of Valor on the year that our word was be bold, be strong. And the men of our class is one of those, every Wednesday at seven o'clock, guys are all welcome to come. It is, um, it, I, I'm in the class as a man and a husband and a father and a, now a grandpa. I'm not in the class as Pastor Jeff. I'm in the class as a man because I need it. I need to be in this class with these men who are sharpening one another week by week by week by week by week. Uh, Man, I, I could, I won't, I won't give any details, but this week's class, we had a young man in there that opened up and started talking and we all went, we, we were just, it, 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 there was, it was so real and it was so relevant. Lord gives us vision gives us vision be bold be strong class started out of out of that something relevant something important something that carries on to this day the next year was step in step up step out step in step up step out um and i don't know if jenny is jenny back here jenny's not here today jenny holland this was uh, a year when the lord was saying okay uh, step into my presence Step up in your walk. So he's always telling us to do that. So if you think you've ever arrived, he's not going to let you off the hook. It's always like, come on, come on, there's more, there's more. And then step out. So we're stepping out of our comfort zones. And I remember as I unfolded this word, Ginny uh, came up to me and she's like, oh, I've got to talk to you. And if you know Ginny, that sounded just like her. <laughs> I do know you too well. You can't, you can't hide things from me. She said, uh, I've had this vision and I don't know what to do with it. And it's like uh, the parking lot with cars everywhere. And it was out of that that birthed the Cruise Against Hunger car show that we've had uh, now for four years. And uh, the parking lot has been full of cars just as she saw. But she was like, I don't, I don't see things. I don't do stuff. I don't take charge of stuff. Well, you do now. You, you, you do now. And so step in, step up, step out. So then 2017, oh, you know, I forgot to mention, to raise the standard, I have Tim Hupp up there. That was the year we hired a maintenance person for this huge building, you know, and I, and I knew coming to work the day he started, I was like, okay, we put down an important important thing in place that day because Pastor Mark and I don't have to think about whether the pipes are drained, <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, so 2017, holy fire, uh, bur- keep the fire burning 
And that was the year that the first five months of, of the, of that year on Sunday nights, we did this study about Holy Spirit. You know, I've been a part of this church again since almost the start. And Holy Spirit was, has always been that third, very important third part of the Trinity that freaks people out, that scares people, including me at times. I don't, I'm pretty honest about that. You know, it's like, I don't know what Holy Spirit's doing, but I don't know what to do with that. But so, you know, I read this book. Well, is that here? Is that Stackpole here? Did he go home? Ed, um, Ed Stackpole is this guy that come, he, he started had coming on Sunday nights and he came up to me and he at one point and said, I need to know more about the Holy Spirit. Next time we have prayer, I want you to pray that I get more understanding of the Holy Spirit. And so I said, okay, well, we can do that, but let's, you know, let's get together and talk. So we got together and we met in the office one day and had a chat and, and then we just decided we were going to meet together. And he said, oh, I found this book, found this book. And it was called Holy Fire. And he said, maybe we could study it. So he and I studied it. I took it to the beach, beach vacations with the Copes and the Wellmans. And, and, you know, and I, I don't think I really even talked to anybody on that trip too much because I was so engrossed in this book. And I knew when I read this book that, oh my goodness, we have to, I knew we're going to, we got to study this book. This book answers so many questions that I have and, and, and alleviates a lot of people, unnecessary fears people have a Holy Spirit. And so we did that. We did that in 2017. And, and the ramifications of that class are still so, they're so, so relevant in so many people's lives. I hear references to it all the time. I had a phone call, uh, just a couple of months ago from a guy that came here as a young man in his twenties. Now he wasn't part of the Holy Fire study or anything, but he came here and on, and he was here on a Sunday night service and he said, and I was, I wasn't the pastor, Pastor Don Pauline, we're still pastoring. And he, called people called were called down uh for prayer and it was all about holy spirit being ministered to by the holy spirit and he said he came down here now he's in his 20s at that point and he said something happened to him now this phone call happened just a few months ago this is the first i'm hearing about this experience that he had when he was in his 20s he's in his well let's see it's probably in his 40s now he's got a grown son who's in high school or college and he's married you know so anyway he's like i came down for prayer that night and something happened and i've wondered about it ever since i'm like well you could have brought it up a like a lot earlier <laughs> you know but that's awesome that's awesome that all those years ago he said when i'm in church today because he goes to a to a church in lisbon and he said anytime any reference is made to the holy spirit i start to shake and he said, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I said, it's a good thing. <laughs> There's plenty of evidence in Scripture where Holy Spirit was moving and people, things shook, people shook. They're shaking, sometimes it goes on. Does, does that have to happen? No, it doesn't have to happen, but for you it did. So all these years later, Holy Spirit's still ministering to him. And so I'm getting him a book. I'm getting him one of those books to say, you know, uh, so many things about that. So then 2018, uh, if my people, the Lord is saying, I want my people praying. I want my people on their knees. I want my people seeking my face, humbling themselves. And I'll hear you when you cry out to me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and su- submit to my ways. I'll hear your cry. I'll hear your cry. That year we did a, we did a five-month study on prayer. 
What's a praying life look like? What's a praying life look like? It's not something we just give lip service to. No, he wants to do it. He wants to do it. Vision, vision. This starts with a vision. So each year we put out a word that says, here's what the Lord wants to do in us this year. Last year, our word was walk into the increase. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your curtains wide. Firm up your stakes. Reach out. Reach out, reach out, reach out. Walk into my increase. More of me. Which the, the, the top, top, uh, topsy-turvy economy of God means I decrease, he increases. So, so the whole concept of walking increase, you may think, oh, you're just talking about stuff and wealth and things like that. No. No, I mean, if he wants to do that, that's fine. And, and, and he does. And he does. But that's not it. It's, it's, I'm submitting even more to you. I'm bowed down even more. Less of me, more of you. An increase happens. And boy, did increase happen. Increase happened in so many things. I've talked about this. Uh, you know, we opened our doors at the beginning of the year to, we had dinners. We had, we had, you know, we had a dinner with the village. We had invited, we'd invited the councilmen and the firemen and the policemen and, you know, and it was amazing. It was, they came. They came into this place and come to the table. And then we had this vision. Is Sam back here? Okay. Samantha, start with a vision. She is, is one of our young moms, wife and mom, and she said uh, she, has, she was meeting with young girls in her home. Uh, is that every week? Every week? every week and uh she had this vision of something growing out of that and it was called the belonging and it was it was a it was a passion and a vision for for young girls to find a place young girls to 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 find their place in Christ and to to kind of kind of be this this force to be reckoned with together and so she had this big vision you know for us as a church to do this big conference We've talked about doing conferences for years. I never dreamed dreamed that we would start with something with such a niche, very specific niche audience. You know, I figured we'd do some big general thing that everybody could come to. No, it was this very niche, niche community of young girls. And I'm, and then that, when she told me what it was going to cost, I was like, well, that's not going to happen in, in my head, you know. And and you know, they put it out there, and it was less than two months, and it was like, well, we reached our goal. Oh, we're past our goal. We walked into increase just by simply by being obedient. But it started with a vision. Somebody had a vision. Now, the thing about vision is you don't ever, you don't ever carry out a vision on your own. Anything that goes on around here, your vision has to, first of all, your vision has to attach with the greater vision of the, of the work, of, of this work. You know, what's the, what's the foundation of this work? Rooted, established in love. If the vision can, if, 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 if getting young girls grounded and committed to, they find their identity in Christ, they find out who they are, and it plants with that and it connects with that, hey, let's go for it. But you don't do it alone. So everything we do is, is a team. You get a team together and you're working, you know, we, 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 we need the, we need the eyes and the ears of many. People to pull off what Pastor Don used to say. How can we going to pull that off? We pull it off together. Yes. We pull it off together. There's no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. 
There's no lone rangers. No, well, I'll take this burden on my own shoulders and I'll carry it. No, you won't. We won't even let you. I don't do that myself. I can't. I can't do it. People ask me, you know, well, do you, you know, I'm, I'm in this now in my 12th year. So are you burning out? No, I'm, I'm not even close to burning out. Why? Not because I'm some super spiritual, perfect human being. No, I have supports all around me. Supports all around me who shore me up, who, you know, not to mention Jesus, Father, and the Holy Spirit every day, you know, who, who, who do their part. But I also need people. I need people to, to counsel with and talk to and, uh, yeah. So, so walk into increase. So then this year, come home. This year, this word, I mean, we've unveiled this word just beginning of January over the course of three weeks. And, uh, and who walks in the door today? Richard Dean. It's probably just a coincidence. But there are many Richard Deans. He represents many Richard Deans. The day that this word was deposited, I mean, I shared this in the course of unveiling the word. Uh, Pastor Ben last year had spoken, and he, I don't even remember what the title of that message was, but in the course of that message, he just declared in this place to people, come home, come home, come home. And who was sitting here but Tony and Rebecca and their kids? And I remember thinking that, that they were sitting here that Sunday and hearing that. And even though that wasn't the title of his message, it registered with me. And so as I was praying about that word for this year, that was it. That was it. And again, there are other examples around this room. Coming home doesn't mean you've been to abundant, necessarily mean you've been to abundant life before and now you're coming back. I mean, not, not, it's not limited to that. Coming home may be somebody in this room that's never made Jesus their home. Because ultimately, coming home is coming home to, to Christ, and I don't mean heaven. I mean, that's part of the equation, and it's a really important part of the equation when we die. But I'm talking about coming home and living with Jesus while we're alive. Amen. Because that's the best way to live. Amen. That's the best way to live. Uh, it's up? Oh, 2016. Yeah. Yeah, they're all in order. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that when you came? So, so in 2016, Jenny stepped in. Jenny stepped in. And she walked away from a life of addiction. She walked away from a life of addiction. And 2020, she's still away from a life of addiction. Because her new addiction is Jesus. It's awesome having Jenny in in your class because, um, first of all, there's no filters. She just says what's on her mind. But I remember the one day she was saying, she was sharing something that she had read in Scripture the day before. And this was, this, this just broke us all up. This was in the open door class. This broke us all up because she said, I was reading the scripture last night and I, and I, and I just got so excited because I get to go to heaven. 
She had revelation that her eternity is promised to her. That is so relevant. That is so relevant. And in class today, she shared how she has friends trying to get her to go here, there, the other place, and she says, no, I'm rooted and established. I'm rooted and established at Abundant Life. I'm rooted and established. Why is that important? Why is that important? Because that word is, that word is, it, we're rooted and established in Him, and, and there's a lot of ramifications from all that, but, but when we're rooted and established in Him, uh, around here we know the value of relationship. The value of relationship. Because with one another, we are growing together. We're growing in our knowledge of Him and how to serve Him and how to follow Him together. It's not separate from... We don't have our our church life or our religious life and then our life. No, they're intertwined. They're intricately intertwined. Oh my goodness. So... So, Cruise Against Hunger, I have a picture up there on the right. That was Ginny Holland had the vision. August Overflow started my second year as pastor. And it came from three separate visions. Three different people had visions of events. Oh, I think we need to have something where we give away clothes. Oh, I think we need to have something where we serve people food. Oh, I think we need to have something where we're just people come and hang out on the property and maybe play games and things like that. There were three different visions and I still remember to this day, Pastor Mark and I sit in the office and just brainstorming and talking about what, you know, how, what does this mean? What does this look like? And, and, and it was there, right there in the office talking about this, that August Overflow was birthed. And, you know, here we are, all these years later, August Overflow is, you just, you pretty much say it around here and people know what it is. They know what it is. We get to serve the community. We get to serve the community. And the awesome thing about it is August Overflow is almost completely fully funded now. I mean, we, you know, we still contribute some as a, as a church, but it's almost fully funded. When you say, when you have a vision and you set your mind to it and you set your heart to it and you, and you explain the vision and people attach themselves to it and say, I want to get on board with it. Lord blesses beyond what we could ever think or imagine, but it starts with a vision. Starts with a vision. The other picture I've there, up there is a billboard that I, I think is still up there on 14, uh, 14 by Waterford Road that we put up for the girls' conference for the belonging. Uh, we paid for it for two months, and, and even though the event is not that date anymore, you know, it's still out there. Uh, start with a vision. So this happened um, recently. Uh, Pastor Mark posted this on Facebook, and you can't read the details, and that's not, you don't, you don't need to read the details of what he's doing. I'm going to explain it. I don't know how many years ago it was. Kim Blakeney had a, had a, had a was that a dream or a vision? It was a dream. She had, 2016, she had, had a dream. And, uh, the dream was that she was, had walked in the building and it was during the week and there was just a, the building was a buzz. There was something going on in that room, something going on in this room, something going on in this room, something going on in this room. So this happened um, just this year. Uh, the, the left side of this was is a picture of the food pantry and the dental van. That was on a Wednesday where both of those things were going on simultaneously. Um, and what was important about that was there were just people coming through the property throughout that day to 
to either get their teeth worked on or to get food or get served in the, in the pantry. So that's that top picture. It represents this place being busy during the week. The, uh, the bottom two pictures here are, uh, one, the one picture is of the Christmas in the Village event we do at Christmas time. And the one below it is, uh, the guys that are gathering for the, uh, for the Christmas parade. That's the same day. We also, uh, two days later had a blood drive and the foster family outreach on the same day. There were lots of things going on. But this thing that Pastor Mark wrote was he was here, uh, he was here, I don't, even, I don't think he was here for any of these particular events. He just happened to be here at the building. And, uh, there was, there were soccer people in the gym. Just community people coming to use the building to place, to, to practice soccer. There was a, there was a group meeting in the Stevenson room to just talk about things the Lord is showing us. Prophetic, it was a prophetic group that was meeting in there. There was a four C's meeting going on in the cafe. And there was, uh, oh, we have connection groups that started last year. And there was a connection group meeting in the prayer room. This was all on a Monday night. So it's random Monday night. And Pastor Mark was here, just happened to be here on the property, and he saw all this going on, and he was reminded, God's doing it. God's doing it. It was just, it was just such a tangible, practical thing. When God gives us vision, he does it. Now, we're cooperative vessels that he uses, and we works in the middle of to, to help carry it out. But he doesn't give us a vision and then we say, okay, so he gave us this vision and now we have to fuss and must to, to do it. No, we stay submitted to him and we listen and we follow him and then he shows us how to do it. But it starts with a vision, whether that's a visual or a thought or a scripture or some manner of, of identifying. Um, speaking of the pantry, so, so the pantry... Is one of those things I like to talk about because I think it was Janet Kessler was part of the part of the four seasons. She was part of our leadership board, and I remember her saying it to me one time at one point. I think we need to move the pantry. It used to be in the basement of the Methodist Church, and um, and it didn't have any sort of regularity with how they served. They like Kim Langer would get a Kim uh, Newberry now would get a phone call. Somebody had a need, and she'd rush down there and she'd meet them. You know at all manner of hours of the day, and go serve them. So anyway, Jana had this vision, and it, you know, again, I don't know if it, was, it probably wasn't a visual because I don't think she has visions like she's like me. It was a thought. It was probably a thought, and it was probably came from came from a practical place because, like me, we have a lot of practical things we like to pursue. But anyway, she said, "I think it'd be you know we could t- turn part of the office into into the pantry." And the only thing I said was, if we're going to do it, they have to have volunteers and they have to have regular hours. We're going to set some, establish some hours, uh, and we're going to, and it's got to have some establishment to it. And you have to have all volunteers because, you know, if anybody's ever been in the office, it's not going to be cat doing it. <laughs> it's not going to be, you know, not the cat won't help or do what it needs, what's needed, but cat's not going to be part of that. And, uh, so, you know, after some discussions, the pantry got moved here. We ended up affiliating with Second Harvest Food Bank, and this ministry is thriving. And it was Linda and Carl Allender that really, I mean, they, she had the idea. They had the the drive and say, hey, we're going to, 
we're going to take on the leadership of it. And what's awesome about the food pantry is, is uh, it, you know, it's on our property, but it is truly a community thing. You know, the volunteer, we have volunteers from the community. It's how we met Tracy. You know, Tracy sitting over there was a volunteer. She, she came and wanted to help. And it was through, through her coming to help at the food pantry that she opened her heart to receive Jesus and is now a part of us. She's one of us. Starts with a vision. Starts with vision. When we have vision, we have direction. And when we begin to have direction, we get planted and we grow and we, he, and he's always refining that and growing us. And we, and, 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 and because of that, we don't perish. We're, you know, yeah, we're all going to die someday. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about, but it, it's not, it's, 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 it's about living life and living it abundantly. It's the, it's the name of our church, for goodness sake. <laughs> so it's relevant. So, on November 19th, and I shared this word when I unveiled our come home word for the year, and, I, and I'm sharing it again for this reason. Well, I'll, I'll read it first if you, if you weren't here for any of that. This, is so relevant, this was so relevant for our come home word. This word was sent to me November 19th from somebody in the body, and it says this, prepare your heart, son. The first part of this was for me specifically. The last part is for us. Prepare your heart, son. I have done a great work in you. The time has come to go deeper within your heart. As a shepherd, you've been anointed with my heart to love and care for my body. Part of this deep work I am doing will cause you to feel my love and concern for them. I'm increasing discernment for these last days. As you stand in my counsel, more wisdom will fill you. My wisdom. I'm sending a part of my remnant to you to love and to nurture. So he's sending people to us to care for, for us to love back into the kingdom, for us to love maybe for the first time into the kingdom, uh, whatever that looks like. They have been led astray by false teachers. You will lead them in the path of life. The anointing of, a rest, of restoration is upon you and the people of abundant life. So part of our come home word is restoration. It's upon you and the people of abundant life. Continue to stand in my counsel. I'm preparing a people to stand in my counsel with you. You will not fall as the storms increase. You will increase in power with the counsel I give you. So, so you know, I was uh, we we were in our men of our class uh, several weeks ago. Uh, before I had, had had finished working on this lesson, I was working on it already, and I had found this little graphic. I love this little graphic. I think they're ants, uh, but they could be anything you want. But anyway, I love this graphic because it, it first of all, it, obviously it's an arrow and there's somebody pointing the direction. And, you know, that can be, that could be Holy Spirit or it could be Jenny Holland in charge of the car show. But the reality of it is there's other people, other people shouldering the weight, bearing the weight of, 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 the, of the thing. And one of the things that, uh, I think it was Ernie, Kessler shared in, men of, in the uh, Men of Our class one evening uh, that was relevant to this. He, he pulled out this word, and, you know, and, and you, you all know Ernie. Uh, as he starts sharing, you know, he, he tears up and he says, I, I want to be one of those people that's standing with you. I want to be one of those people that's standing with you. Ah, uh, I mean, what kind of a value can you put on that? I mean, we all need an Ernie standing with us. And the reality is, 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 is if you're, go ahead, clap, 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 clap. The reality is if, is if in, you're in this place, you have Ernie standing with you. You know, you have him standing with you. There's just no question about it. But that's what that picture represented to me, is, uh, is that, man, 
whatever whatever the vision is, whatever the thing is that that you're being instructed to do, uh, first of all, it has to it has to align with the overall vision of our work. But you're not going to do it alone. You're not going to do it alone. It's, 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 it's amazing. See, the thing about it is, it's, it's not just about volunteerism. Volunteerism is awesome. It's a great thing. But it's always, there's always a bigger thing that God has in mind for it. August Overflow, it's a great thing we get to serve the community, but it's bigger than that. We're building relationships with people. We've met, there's people that we see that we only see during Overflow, but we've built relationship with them. It's all about that. It's all about that. It's, it's, it's never just about the event. It's always something bigger. Yep. Ah, oh. so, so uh, a few weeks ago, Shane, Pastor Shane, shared his his uh, his word. His word was new wine. His word was new wine. That was, that was the title of his teaching, new wine. And he he referenced something that happened at the at the youth lock in back in uh, in December. And it was, it was at one o'clock in the morning and young girls just began worshiping. There's no band. There's no fuss, no mush. There's just young girls in that, in the, what we call the refinery. It's the old chapel. And they were worshiping. And he was, when he talked, when he spoke, about new one, he referenced this account of when he when he saw that, and he he sent me a text the next week, very long text saying, "Lord wants to do something. He's going to do it through our youth. He's going to do it things through our youth. He's going to do things through our youth. He's going to do things through our youth. So something's going to happen. He's going to do things through our youth." He had a vision. It was a vision. I don't know. I don't know if it was all visual. He saw things that night. But it was a big picture of what he saw happening that night, happening in our midst. I think Lori Kibbe was away for a week, and she came back. Was it last Sunday you came back? You came in? It was two weeks ago. I can't remember. But she came in, and she was like, and she saw like this, just this mass of people down here, and just she's like, I was only gone a week. What happened? Lord means it when he gives us stuff. And so when he gave Shane a vision that our youth are going to be used, it, 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 it happened, and it, but it wasn't just a singular event. I, we talked about this this past week in the Men of Our class. Uh, yes, the youth had just come back that weekend from the ramp, which is a youth thing up at, up, up at Victory, uh, where they had just come back from that. And we've all experienced things like that where kids go to something and they come back all excited, you know, and then it, and then it wanes. But see, this had already started. This started with the girls at the belonging. This started with those girls at, at a lock, youth lock-in. It, it's not an isolated situation. This is a vision God is unfolding among us. And if you remember correctly, if you're here the week Shane spoke, and if you weren't here, uh, get the CD or DVD, because he said, things are going to be shaken up. Things are going to, there's going to be change involved with this. And I think we're already, we're already, that's already unfolding. We're experiencing it. And we don't want to do anything to stop what Holy Spirit's doing, ever. 
ever. Even if we have questions. I always have questions. I always have questions. The awesome thing about it is we have a great Savior who loves to answer them. If if he chooses to. (laughs) Sometimes he says, just wait on me a little while longer. It's an amazing time. It's an amazing time. See, Lord is always, always, always stretching us as a body. He's going to always, always stretch us. Always going to stretch us. He always wants to grow us. But he starts by giving us vision. Whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like. I'm going to close with this passage. It's one of my favorite passages. And it's this passage is... Uh, I love this passage because it represents, it represents, Habakkuk had issues. <laughs> he had issues. Anybody here have issues? And some of his issues were with God. Some of his issues were, were with God. I mean, he had, he, had, he had this big complaint he was making to God. You ever make a complaint to God? It's, it's, he can handle it. You know, he can handle your complaints to God, but be prepared for <laughs> what he might want to tell you. But here's what, uh, Here's what Habakkuk said, I will stand at my watch. Ultimately, in this conversation, he said, I will stand at my watch, and I will station myself on the ramparts. I'll look to see what he will say to me. I, I love, the, I love the, the, uh, the mixed metaphor there. There's a mixed metaphor there. I'm going to look, and I'm going to see what he's going to say to me. Saying, saying something means hearing. But he says, no, I'm going to look and to see. I'm going to see what he's going to say to me. Vision. Then the Lord replied, write it down. Write down the revelation. Make it plain on the tablets so that a herald may run with it. What I love about this passage, and this is kind of what we do. When the Lord gives us, when the Lord gives us something, when he gives us a vision, when he gives us something that is life-affirming, something that we're to do, something that we're to embrace, something we're to, to, to jump into, we write it down. And then we do our very best to make it plain. So that you all can say, I'm going to run with this. I'm going to run with this. I'm going to dive into this. I'm going to put it into practice. I want to be part of it. Let's stand. I want to remind people, and I know there's people here that haven't been here, but uh, with our word this year, there's a little booklet called My Heart Christ Home. They're back there in a basket. Grab one before you leave if you haven't gotten one yet. It's, it's just such a simple explanation of what Jesus wants to do when he comes into our lives. He wants to take up every part of our heart, every compartment. So grab one if you haven't done so yet. We sang, we sang earlier, and I referenced this when I was praying, but uh, we sang, you are here, mending every heart, touching every heart. The, 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 the really important part of that is recognizing that he's here with us. He's here with us. This, is, this isn't, uh, if, if I didn't think when I showed up today that he was going to be here, I might as well stay home. And, 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 
if the time ever happens when he doesn't, bye-bye. <laughs> but, he, but he's here. He's here. He's with us. He's tangible. It's, he's tangible. He's not far off somewhere. So as we go to prayer, know that. Know that he's close to you. Know that he sees you. You are seen by him. There's a lot of people live wondering, does anybody see me? Does anybody hear me? Does anybody notice me? He not only notices you, he loves you. He sent his son to die for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you are bringing revelation over and over again. You're giving us things. You're showing us things. You're giving us vision because you don't want anybody to perish. You want us to, you want us to pursue and dive into things that are life affirming, that give people life and life abundantly, that plant people. Whether you're rescuing somebody from a, from a life of addiction or you're, you're, you're pulling in somebody to volunteer for a pantry and saying, I want to set your, I want, I want to set you to set your life on me. Or any number of other ways that you come into our lives. We say, Lord, come and have your way. Come and have your way. We bow down to you and submit ourselves to you and say, Lord, do it. Do it. Do what you have in mind with our youth. Do what you have in mind with the belonging. Do what you have in mind with whatever else we're going to embark on in 2020. But Lord, let us be a people that are inviting people to come home. To come home. To find their place in you. In you. Pray this all in Jesus' name. If anybody needs specific prayer for something, there's people here who will pray with you. Feel free to uh, receive from them.